the opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Today's Blitz Rewind starts now. Anyway, so the Jack Easterby story, if you haven't had a chance to read it, it's very long, but it's pretty damning in terms of what it says about the guy. And it's kind of good timing if you're the Texans. You may have been done a favor here because what you've done is you've let every GM candidate and every head coach candidate know that this guy can't be trusted. And I think what it's going to do is it's going to force Cal's hand. Well, and I think that was the point of the people talking was to force Cal's hand. The NFL talking about maybe keeping like stuff like Tuesday games in the future. I'm all for it. I am too. I, I want be, football. I want NFL football every single night of the week. I don't think they're going to quite do that, but I'd be okay with it because... Frankly, you've got enough noon games on Sunday, but I mean, I, I like it because a game that might be interesting, like let's just throw Bills Raiders out there that would be at Buffalo in the noon slot on Sunday, one of eight games. But wouldn't that be more fun to watch on a Tuesday night? Yeah. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on the Blitz, hour number three, 713-780, ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. You're good to go. There's Twitter at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at AJ is the real, at Aaron is Blitzed, at Degenerates975. You can text the show. You know the number for that. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Missed the first two hours. That's some of what you missed. And you missed some amazing uh, meat that we were served. So, uh, yeah, all available on podcastarena.com. And uh, let's go to our man, Taylor McCarg, former Rice quarterback, college football analyst for ESPN. And uh, Taylor, am I not mistaken? Are you getting a Rice game this week against UAB? You know what? You guys called this. I had the UTEP game two weeks ago, and one of you, I can't remember, was like, that game is not happening that was against me. UTEP. <laughs> and I was, I was sitting in the booth going through my prep, and they came in and they said, this game, we're, we're not playing. So as of right now, yes, I'm, I will be down there. UAB is, is set to come to town. They have to play in this game and win to have a chance to be in the – if they win, they'd be in the Conference USA Championship. So Coach Clark, their head coach, has been very clear that they're, they are coming with, with whoever they can. Conference USA doesn't have a minimum for number of players in order to – scholarship players in order to play. So – they're going to have some sort of team. We're not sure how many guys they're going to ultimately have out. But one way or another, they're going to try and get this game. Last week, I, I bet against Rice. Uh, I think it was minus 22 and a half. That has to be one of the craziest upsets in the history of Rice football. I, I mean, I don't know that you could have found anyone taking a Rice money line bet on that thing. And, and they didn't just win. They won with like backup quarterbacks in, in dominating fashion. What what happened to Marshall in that game? I guess is the best question because I mean Rice obviously played one of their better games of the season, but what all went wrong for Marshall in your mind? This was the first game. Grant Wells, Marshall's quarterback, he's a redshirt freshman, and to this point in the season, it has played fantastic. A couple really big games. They beat App State early in the year. Yep. He looked really great. In this game, Rice's defense got – they had a bunch of dudes around the line of scrimmage, and they got after them up front. 
and Grant Wells had a couple early interceptions and got rattled and started playing like a freshman where he started to try and make up a 13-point deficit in one play, right, where that's where a more veteran quarterback doesn't do that. And he threw, you know, five interceptions against anybody. You're going to have a chance. It doesn't matter how good they are. And it was Rice's. It was a complete team victory. Like you mentioned, they were down their starting quarterback, Austin Trammell, their best receiver, was out. So they had some key pieces on offense that were out and, and were still able to to not only get a victory, but a shutout win on the road against a ranked team. And the, like you said, the, the list of hasn't happened since was pretty extensive for that one. It was a huge win for them. Pretty incredible. Uh, and, yeah, Grant Wells had thrown four interceptions coming into that game all season through five against Rice. Just a, 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 a wild scenario. Speaking of wild scenarios, the Ohio State University – Fred and I had a debate on this yesterday. I said it feels I don't like that they're moving the goalposts. They said that it was going to be you've got to play at least six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. I feel like Indiana has a legitimate beef, even though they lost to Ohio State because they played the the number of games necessary to qualify. And they, if you count the teams that based on the rules the Big Ten gave them, they should be in the Big Ten championship. But the Big Ten also realizes probably the only chance Ohio State has of making the playoff is to win the Big Ten Championship. Where do you come down on the argument? Do you feel like Ohio State, that the, the Big Ten moving the moving the goalposts, so to speak, is fair? And and do you think that it's uh, it's going to be enough to get them in? Yeah, two, two thoughts on this. From the conference's perspective, it makes all the sense in the world because they are, even with uh, Indiana, certainly has a beef, but Ohio State is their best team in the conference, especially this year with Michigan and Penn State and others being down. So for the conference to move the goalposts, like you said, it makes all the sense in the world. The ACC is, has done something similar. So it doesn't surprise me that they did that. There's too much money on the line and eyeballs and attention on the line if they weren't to get Ohio, weren't to get Ohio State in the, the college football playoff. My biggest issue is that we have, we're, we're giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt that at five wins, they deserve to be in the playoff over a couple teams, Texas A&M specifically, that have one loss against the best team in the country. Go back for for Ohio State the past two years. Go back two years ago when they were rolling, and then they go in to play Purdue on the road and get blown out by 30. They had the same thing happen last year against Iowa. So I'm not sure why we're giving Ohio State the benefit of the doubt and saying, yeah, at five wins, they absolutely deserve to be in over a team that's going to play nine games. And who's only lost, by the way, is to Alabama, who's favored by 10 points at least over everybody in the country right now. So and that's the piece that really rubs me the wrong way. But it is what it is. And, and at undefeated, a 5-0 and undefeated Ohio State, and then 6-0 and after they win the, the Big Ten Championship, I don't imagine Northwestern's going to beat them. Yeah, I, I do think they're going to be in the Final Four. I mean, Ohio State's strength of schedule – is not much better than teams like Cincinnati or Iowa State. I mean, they, they, it's really not. not. They, 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 these these teams have, like, Ohio State has, has played a bunch of two-win teams and Indiana. That's it. And, yep. and, I mean, a win over Northwestern will be nice. Here's another question, kind of a, a follow-up. If Northwestern beats, assuming they win this week against Illinois, they're two touchdown favorites, but if Northwestern does that and then beats Ohio State, do you make an argument for Northwestern in as the Big Ten champion? I mean, they'll they'll be seven and one with a win over Ohio State. Does, does it make sense to put them in that conversation? 
they would certainly be in the conversation, but I think A&M's strength of schedule and A&M's win over Florida and that their loss is to Alabama where Northwestern's is to Michigan State. But in a close game on the road. Right. I still think... Well, I, I still okay, think that A&M would end up ahead of Michigan State in that scenario. Let me play devil's advocate here, because if that scenario were to happen, we're probably talking about two SEC teams and two ACC teams in the Final Four. There's going to be a lot of conferences who don't like that. There's no doubt. The issue, the biggest issue right now, if you're a, a, a fan of really anybody, you you want teams at the top, you need a couple upsets and I, you need Florida to beat Alabama and do it convincingly. Although unfortunately that that happens, you probably have two sec teams there as well. I agree. the, the, The conferences, this, what this really comes down to is that the sec and the ACC played relatively full schedules and the PAC 12 and the big 10 did not. And this is where they're paying for it. I mean, the PAC 12, no one's even considering USC. USC is, is behind well behind Cincinnati right now. And in a normal season, I can't imagine that an undefeated USC, that 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 would be the case. So I think that's what we're really seeing is the SEC is just being given the benefit of the doubt because they're getting nine and 10 games in. Taylor, uh, I'm kind of curious if you've heard anything because uh, UH is looking for a game on the 19th. And one of the teams that was mentioned was Rice. Uh, Have you heard anything on, on the possibility that that might happen? I don't, and the reason why is Rice is being rumored for a couple different bowl games right now if they were to beat UAB, and I think that's what, uh, first and foremost, is going to be their goal, one of them being the Frisco, one of the two bowl games played in Frisco. I, I think Rice fans would hope that it's against SMU, who's already chosen a bowl game. If they were to lose to UAB, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Rice makes some calls to try and put together some sort of a game. But right now, especially with UAB being down, the number of players that it looks like they're going to be, uh, I think Rice's first goal is going to be to try and win this game and then get into one of the bowl games that they have a tie into. While all these other teams are, are looking for reasons to go out and play games, I think the most sensible thing in the world for the ACC to do right now is say, listen, there's no reason why you guys should play this ACC championship game. If you don't play the ACC championship game, you guarantee that both schools get into the top four, into the playoff. They'll play that game in the playoff at that point anyway. In the case that Notre Dame wins, Clemson doesn't make the playoff. And in the case that Clemson wins super convincingly, Notre Dame is suddenly at risk. Doesn't it make more sense to say, "Mm, neither team feels totally comfortable playing COVID stuff? Sorry. am Am I crazy for thinking that? No, it's not a crazy thought at all. I don't think either team will do that because it's these kids, regardless of what they should or shouldn't do, they want to compete against each other. And, and these schools are going to, they're going to play, but on paper, absolutely. If they, if you have one, one positive case with one of these teams, you probably give some thought to maybe we don't play this one and we both end up in the playoff. And like you said, probably going to get that game anyway because you're probably going to end up at at the two and the three spot taylor mccarg our guest uh, former rice quarterback espn analyst and uh uh one of the other things that we were, we were talking about a little bit earlier in the week is is why a&m should be above uh ranked above florida because of the head-to-head do you, do you feel like if those two teams played again that we'd get the same result 
if you played at A and M, maybe uh, I don't. A and M is just a totally different team at home. I do think they looked good against Auburn. That was a good convincing win over that Auburn team that I know is not great, but it's still like to see them put them away the, the way that they did. Well, they were down. A and M to go on the road game. and play Florida. A and M was down late they in that did. game. I, I mean, the final score says they beat them pretty handily, but they were down in the fourth quarter of that game. They were. When I say they they put them away, they won by a couple scores and had to come back in the fourth quarter, which, as you guys know, A&M has had a, a propensity to not do that. Yes. So yeah. it wasn't a world-beater win by three touchdowns, but I was glad that it wasn't a – Kellen Mond has three interceptions and they have to kick a last-second field goal to eke out a victory. So, yeah, it's not – on a neutral site or at Florida, I think Florida wins that game. At home, I think it's just like the last go-around where it's probably a field goal, six-point win for A&M. Yeah, the, and that one's going to sort itself out because Florida's either going to beat Alabama, which would put them over them, or they're going to lose to Alabama, which would be two losses. So, you know, but it's, it, it is fun to talk about. Does it is this, fun to talk about. Does this season, the way, it's, the way it's piecing itself together, does it make more of an argument that there should be more teams in the playoff or is it more of a year where it should probably just be the SEC champ versus the ACC champ this year and we're wasting two extra games in a season where it's hard enough to get games in like is there a bigger does this season provide a better argument for less or more teams in the playoffs I think every year that we have this discussion the the playoff sorts itself out even with just four teams the national championship, there really hasn't been to this point a massive upset. And if you were to expand this to eight teams and let's put Cincinnati in it at the eighth spot, do we really think that Cincinnati's going to beat Alabama? I don't no. think so. My argument for the eight teams has more to do with your one loss, a very similar situation for a Florida team or a Texas A&M with one loss or the Northwestern scenario that you laid out earlier. They have one loss, but they go on. The, they go on to beat Ohio State. I think those are the type of teams that you would see in a, have a chance upsetting the number one. You know, an Alabama, a Clemson, an Ohio State. I would like to see it at eight teams. My ideal scenario would be the five Power Five champions, or, and then three at large, because that solves for most of the issues that we're talking about. You could end up. Oh, Cincinnati would likely be in there. The Pac-12 would be represented, which would be interesting this year. That would be my ideal scenario. But a lot of people really like it at, at just four teams. I think that that's just fine because it ends up being, you know, we, we spend all this time talking about it, and it's the usual suspects at the end of the year anyway. Well, let's let's just talk about that for a second, how it would play out, because I, I'm looking at the, the rankings that they put out last week. So let's, let's say this is the if the season ended today thing. You'd have Alabama-Cincinnati would be one game. I, don't, I think we pretty much know who wins that. Notre Dame, Iowa State, does that appeal to you? No. Uh, Clemson, Florida. I, I'd watch that game. I'd oh, be interested in that. Ohio State, Aggie. I mean, I I don't know who would win. I well, I think I know who would win, but I, I I could see that being a competitive game. Okay, so there's at least half the games we'd we'd like, yeah. and half of them are like okay. So and maybe we make an argument for six teams. And and I, and to be fair, there's no way. That uh, I mean, this, the rankings wouldn't look like this because Florida will play Alabama and Notre Dame yeah, will play Clemson. But as of today, that's that would be your matchups. So, anyway, well, Taylor, uh, appreciate your time today, man. Uh, good luck 
you know, for the rest of the season, finding games, I, I hope you're able to to call one or two more. I mean, I, I'm going to say last gonna, second is allowed to cancel. Eh, I'm saying he's going to get this one in. I'm predicting you get this okay. one in. That's a, that's a that's bold what prediction. I need. That's the positivity I need. <laughs> bold prediction. All right, man, we'll talk to you uh, next week. That sounds great. You guys have a great weekend. All Thank right, you. Taylor McCard from ESPN. All right. Quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. Hey guys, it's AJ Hoffman. It's fall and we could all use a little awesome. Well, our friends at Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Who wouldn't want awesome stuff sent to them every month, right? It's like Christmas on your doorstep. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them to pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BLITZ at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code BLITZ for 20% off your first box. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. I swear I feel 27 pounds heavier. Yeah, baby. Can I just do my live read here and then pass out? No, no. We, got, we got some more show to do, baby. Oh, fine. We're in it. Can I miss? Can I miss the last six minutes to balance you out? Come on. <laughs> Just kidding. Think uh, about how difficult the show is going to be when you go over there for lunch one day, though. Oh, yeah. And you come yeah. back. Yeah, it's you're going to have to plan it out where you eat lunch at noon and then take a nap. Nap for two in the hours. office, definitely. So, um, man, this, uh, we, I was talking this with Josh a little bit. This highest earning sex worker, <laughs> this Alice Little, she's not, she's not all that. She's the one that always went on uh, the show with Barry and, and Joel and, and Nick. Yep. I don't find her attractive either, but apparently she's got that good good. Yeah. I mean, and good for her if that's the case. Yeah. I uh, yeah, just doesn't do much for me. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's okay. I mean, I'm just saying I don't. But if she's, I mean. I don't feel like I'd pay for it. Imagine she's the highest earning sex worker in the whole, in the whole country. And she's like, I don't know, like a, let's a seven. I feel like that's an because she's not ugly. No, no, no. She's just not like someone you'd be like, oh my god, I would do anything to have relations with that woman. She's she's like a, she's a decent looking chick. She's not ugly, 
She's just not. She's to me. She looks. She's not someone who would catch my eye. I don't think. Uh, she must have some of the dirtiest tricks or some of the just the most snug crevices. I don't know what it could be. Mm, she's got something working for her. Okay, so she's got the red hair. And, like, I think when they used to have her on on uh, Usual Suspects, Nick and I were looking at her Twitter, and she dresses up like a schoolgirl, so she does that. Like, she's a tiny little person. She does look young. That's a th- I think it's probably it's like fulfilling a, it's a power fantasies. thing that guys want is they want a tiny little chick that they can throw around and manhandle and stuff. Yeah. I'm guessing, though, if you're the highest paid, you don't have to put up with that. Yeah. You know, unless you, she likes it. Unless that's mm. how she becomes the highest paid. Mm, maybe. But Without when, that shtick, she's probably not the highest kinda, paid. Once you get there, it's kind of like, no, I can just dress up like a, a schoolgirl and you can go to town and I don't have to do anything fancy and I get paid. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I... I was surprised when I saw pictures of her. I was kind of like, okay, um, good luck. Glad, good for you. So um, can I bitch about one of the people I hate in media these days? Oh, as long as it's not me. Uh, well, I don't, I, you know, it would be unprofessional of me to come here and bitch about you. Okay. Um, that's, that's for you to do about me. But um, Christine Brennan from USA Today. Okay. Here's the headline on her column. Opinion, playing college basketball is madness with COVID-19 ranging. Just ask the coaches. And guess which coach she asks? The coach that's lost two games on national TV? Coach K. Coach K. Oh, yeah. We can't be playing this. Uh, Yeah. Whose team sucks. So, of course, he doesn't want to play. And, of course, that's who she quotes. I mean, two of the most self-inflated, egotistical maniacs in the world in the same column. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't... I mean, this woman just hates sports. Why are you writing about sports? Please. I get if you want to make a case why this is not a good idea, okay, but why? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I'm, I think I'm to the point where I'm just done talking about anything COVID-related or my, my opinion on things COVID-related. Like... Yeah, well, I'm I'm with you, but this is kind of different because this is, is this is a media well, member I mean, saying let's saying. not play. I'm saying anybody in sports media should probably just be done talking about it. I, I'm I'm going to try to commit myself to not talking about it. Well, so I like writing stories, but I, but again, you got you're looking for something to click, you know? Yeah, well, I clicked on it because I wanted to bitch Sucker. about it. But no, I I mean honestly, there's nothing really to say right now other than hey, they're trying to play. Let them work around it. Fine. Yeah. Um, and if they stop playing, then okay, we'll deal with that. But yeah, I, I think there's just this contingent of people out there that just say, let's not play any sports. It's a terrible idea. And it's just like, and then, oh, let's go to Coach K because he's lost two games and he's bitching about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm wrong. I, I guess we should just not have any sports. I don't really want to go through that again. That was the, the least amount of fun I've ever had in radio. Yeah. And I don't want to have to do that. So maybe maybe that's my bias coming out. But it does seem like they're pulling it off. And yeah, I mean, the Ohio State thing, that becomes a debate. But it's it's still an on-the-field debate because they have managed to get five games in. And you know what? If they'd just done what everybody else did, there wouldn't have been a problem with it. But I, I just, I'm so tired of these media members saying, let's not play sports. What are you going to go cover? You're going to go write more stories about 
female kickers kicking 25-year-old kickoffs and, and what how mortal yeah. they are. What's wrong with that? Hmm. Can't yeah. do that without sports. That's a gr- well, Ooh. true. Ooh, yeah. Now I mean, unless you're just going to t- be that guy who relives mm. it over and over and over again. Now I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. There's just some stuff that people are uh, people feel like they're convinced they have to talk about, and that's I'm I'm so tired of it. Yeah, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, and yes, that girl that we were talking about is a redhead. But she's not really my style of redhead. I mean, it's not just automatic, right? Hey, she's a redhead. I'm in. I mean, I mean she looks like a kid. Yeah, I, she like, looks too young for me. And 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 this is, I've been consistent about this. I don't, you know, if they look, I mean, and I, I guess because I'm old, if they look too young, I don't find that attractive. Because I don't find really young women attractive. That's good of you. Well, I mean, that, that's for you guys. You guys are young. She's, not me. I'm forty now. Yeah. My limit's a firm 20. That is what I consider young. Okay. I, I honestly, I, I'm like. 20-year rule is in play. Not 20 years. No more than 20 years younger. No more than 20 years older. That's in play. Yeah. I, for I, you. For me. I'm 32. My limit is like 25. What? 25-year limit? I, yeah. So you're good with seven-year-olds? And no, my limit is the youngest I would look. I would find attractive as a twenty-five-year-old oh, woman. Oh, okay, fine. I'm not talking a twenty-five-year window. No, gotcha. okay, because yeah, I was that, say, that would be illegal. That's that, a crime. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, your twenty-year window would be illegal on me too. And you probably, uh, we'd probably have to report you to the FBI, except for they're doing the same stuff apparently. Uh, how about? Well, so like, yeah, I think. My minimum would be like 28, 29, but they have to look like they're in their 30s. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, sure. I'll allow it. Um, and Max So they would, had to have a really, really rough early 20s. Which, you know, touch of the gutter, not a really rough. Just touch of the gutter. And by the way, there's a lot of women in their 30s who look fan-freaking-tastic right now. And 40s and even 50s. There are, but if you get the late 20s who already looks like she's in her mid-30s, you're in for a rough ride. Not necessarily. I mean, a rough ride might be what I'm looking for, Aaron. You don't know. You don't know. Very true. I won't kink shame you on that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'd say minimum around 28, maximum around 48. All right. Is that there? There's my 20 year window. Is that fair? It works for me. Uh, I'm not here to judge people. Okay, okay. Do what you want in your spare time, Bubba. I don't do anything in my spare time. This is a purely hypothetical, uh, I mean, just purely hypothetical situation. A kind of hypothetical. No, it's completely hypothetical. Okay, there, there's, there's no, you know, I'm, I'm old and, <clears throat> well, you know, though it's that, that's okay. I, I, I don't blame you. I almost actually did that for the first time on air today, after uh, eating all that meat. But, you know, the only reason a 28-year-old would ever look at me now is because of my new hair, thanks to Dr. Linville. And, uh, guys, this is, has been such a, a, a game changer. And uh, you know the story. I, was, I wasn't I mean, I was about to go bald. It was all gone. I looked terrible. I had this stringy old Crypt Keeper hair. And I was just going to shave it all off and say, okay, that's it. And I talked to a few places, and every one of the things were just kind of, that doesn't sound very good. And then I went and saw Dr. Linville. And he basically said, look, here's what I do. I take hair from the back of your head and I put it where it's missing. That's it. It's your own hair. It's a neograft procedure. And I said, well, okay, does it work? He goes, well, look at my hair. And I did. His hair looked fantastic. 
because he had it done himself. So he knows all about it. He knows all about the process. And they moved 2,451 follicles from the back of my head to the front. And I've got hair now. And it, I never thought I would be in that situation again. I thought I was just going to be bald. And a lot of you guys look great bald. I don't. So go to 975hair.com, set up your free consultation. And, uh, you know, they can do it virtually. You can uh, do it in person. 975hair.com. Time to get your hair back. See Dr. Linville. ESPN 97.5. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. Let's uh, try a call. Richard? What's up? Uh, hey, guys. Love the show. Uh, I work at a wine bar. I don't need to necessarily tell you where. My owner is a Steelers fan, and... He and as well as my other bartenders think that I'm crazy for taking the over on this game as well as taking the uh, Pats plus four um, and a half I was able to get. And I was just wondering if you think that that's kind of dumb. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's dumb. I, I, I'd lean to the other sides, but I, I don't have a firm position on any of these game on, on any any part of this game tonight. I, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna end up. I, you know what? I did make a uh, a play. And it, I knew I got a bad number on it, so I didn't. I, I put fifty bucks on it. I didn't do anything crazy, but it was uh, got, like you like how I've got to check my own bets. Uh, what happens when you get old, AJ? Now that you're forty, you forget everything. Rams money line parlayed with uh, Rams Pats under forty four. Yeah, I went. Uh, I just uh, teased the Pats up to the under. So again, not not much money. It's just- like plus one seventy five or something like that take that but it's I, I think this game could go a couple ways it wouldn't shock me if, if the Rams had some I mean the, the Pats had some advantages because you know Belichick he he finds ways against these young coaches but um, it also wouldn't surprise me if you today's the day where you realize that the Pats just don't have very much talent and you can't you can't keep throwing for 80 yards in NFL games and winning and that's what Cam Newton's done the last two weeks because because the Patriots special teams has been very good. That said, the Pats special teams is is near the top of the league. The Rams are near the bottom. They've they've got one of the worst special teams units. So, it, I mean, it, it, so I say you can't keep winning with special teams. Well, maybe they can. Well, and as I was saying earlier, I don't need them to win. Right. I just need them to cover what is it? I got 11, I guess. 11 and a half. 10 and a half. 10 and a half, yeah. So, that's all. I need them to stay inside of 10. I do think the Rams win the game, but uh, I don't expect a runaway and hide from the Rams. Yeah, that that and that's why I'm. You know, of course, I guess I could see it going that way. Overweight Pats fan said, "AJ, you're being very disrespectful to my team." To what team? Is, oh, to the Patriots. Yeah, he's overweight Pats fan. Hence, I mean, they're you're being disrespectful. Well, who's being disrespectful? Like, that's just facts. Your quarterback's going for less than 100 yards two weeks in a row. 
You can't keep, like, it, you don't win games in the NFL like that. This isn't 1954. The forward pass is legal and really kind of, like, generally accepted as the way to win now in the in football. So it, it's it's encouraged. Yeah, it's it's the some coaches even think it's the future of the game. Was it back that uh, was it Daryl Daryl Royal way back in the day that said two uh three things can happen when you throw a pass and two of them are bad? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was Daryl Royal, but I've heard that quote. Yeah, I I, I think it was Daryl Royal. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Bud Wilkinson. It was, it was one of those old coaches that all they ever did was run the ball. But somebody will remember somebody older than me will remember that quote. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, it's pretty rare though. Well, unless, unless you're Marshall throwing five interceptions, it's pretty rare that the one bad thing happens happens over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But no, I, 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 he doesn't really have any receiving weapons. Um, I mean, I, I'd like to see him throw more out of the backfield because at least that way they can get the passing game going a little bit, but you know, Belichick just does what he needs to do a lot of times. So. We shall see. 713-780-ESPN is your number. 713-780-3776. OG from H-Town said, I, I didn't know there was a drive in, in Edo. Yeah, there's one yep. that, but I, I haven't actually seen it operate. So, and Fred, I have your two books. Love both. Wondering if you would do a sports betting book. AJ and I did a uh, sports betting audio book. Um, that you can you can still get just uh actually just look for a, um an introduction to sports betting blitz style and you could still download it it's, it still holds up very well a lot of the stuff we talked we've talked about on the show over the years that's what it's uh that's what it's about and it's it's a good way to get you into it listen we're not going to and all all joking aside i don't want to I don't want somebody to think I'm being serious when I say you can move on these games. No, what well, what we try to do is keep you from getting killed while you're learning how to do it. Yeah, that, that that's basically what it is. There's a lot of bankroll management. There there's a lot of uh, uh, approaches to take to certain things. And then you know my horse racing book is is for people who just want to gamble and try to hit some big scores. So, uh, but I, I recommend it if you're getting into sports betting. It's a it's a good good introduction. Uh, it was very well done. And you know at some point. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll revisit and do something else. I know Jerry Bow and I have talked about uh, maybe putting something together, but uh, um, you know that's where we are right now. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN is the number if you want to get in. Um, so I'm not I'm not doing any more positive Rona updates. Just, yeah, I don't. Just, by choice, by choice, or we had the most pe- most deaths in the country yesterday. Yeah, I mean we're not, we're just it's just not. I mean, basically the numbers are it where they were right now. We're in the summer, so there's no point in talking about yep. it. Um, so because people are asking, where's it, it, I'm honestly with nothing, nothing positive to say. Yep. Um, just try and stay safe. That's all we can. Yeah, just keep trying to do the things to be, you know, good. do what you think keeps your family safe. How about that? Yeah. Um, so when we get into discussions about who was the best Batman, like, I think Christian Bale's movies were by far the best easily. I kind of like Affleck as a Batman. I do too. Um, uh, it's a, it, and I said it after the first Batman or what was it? Was it Batman versus Superman? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I was I like, think, Oh yeah. my God, 
Ben Affleck's a good Batman. I know people didn't like him. Oh, ben Affleck, Batman. Man, man, man. Ben Affleck's good at being Batman. Better than I think he's the best one. You're right. Not the best movies with Ben Affleck, but he's the best Batman. Yeah, I, I, I almost, I think I have to agree. Although, I, if you say oh, Christian, Christian Bale, this is over the top. Yeah, but that's it's too much. But that's Christopher Nolan more than it is Christian Bale. That's all his stuff, right? All his audio has to be weird. But I mean. We'd agree that, well, I, I guess we agree that now those... Now you're talking like Christian Bale, Batman. Clear your throat, Batman. No, never. This this town's had too much clear throat radio. It stops now. I'm Batman. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, I think it's one of those two. <laughs> Imagine Fred with like his lesbian hair hanging out of his Batman mask. No, you know what I'd look like? I'd look I'm like... lesbian Batman. We could we could do an entire like show or even just an hour of a show with y'all doing the Batman voice. I'll do the Bane voice. We'll we'll call it good. Why would you do the Bane voice? Why okay, you can do the Bane. Voice. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say AJ does a pretty good Bane. <laughs> You're more on camera than I am, so I don't know if you want people let's, watching you cover up your face. The let's whole time. just do the uh, let's do, let's do an entire scene where Bane finds out that Batman's a lesbian. <laughs> Bane. I'm done. T- I'm done skirting around this. I'm a lesbian. I always have been. How are you a lesbian, Batman? I didn't want to tell you this, but I'm a woman attracted to women. I knew it. I knew it from when we were in that cave. That, that you know, am I onto something? Could this be a real scene in a movie? Mm-hmm. And then Bane says, "I also am a lesbian." And then that chick that, like, Bane's friend that Batman was in love with but stabbed Batman in the back. Threesome? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lesbian three-way. I think it was more in the ribs where she stabbed she him. Did, yeah. yeah, but she stabbed him proverbially in the back, physically in the, in in the, the ribs. ribs. Yeah. yeah. Proverbially? <laughs> Proverbially. Uh, well, so anyway, getting back to it, a lot of people thought Keaton was a good Batman. Eh, I'm like, meh. I just don't think the movies were that good. I'm done with Michael Keaton. Once Keaton made Birdman, everything else he did in life yeah. went out the window to me. Birdman's he, he, the worst movie ever. Honestly. It's like he kind of got me back with, with Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. It's like, hey, he's a pretty good bad guy. And then Birdman. But uh, we would probably agree George Clooney was the worst of them. What? Yeah. No, I love George Clooney. Really? I think Val Kilmer's the worst of them. See, I'd take Kilmer over. Uh, now, Clooney, Clooney starred in the worst movie. True. He can't help that. Uh, but you know what? He didn't write that script. Clooney was a better Bruce Wayne. C- Clooney might be the best Bruce Wayne, honestly, because he's the most handsome of them. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Is Clooney is the better Bruce Wayne. Kilmer was the better Batman. Well, maybe so. Maybe. But get, guess guess who agrees he sucked in that role? George, George Clooney? George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. Said, the only way you can honestly talk about things is to include yourself and your shortcomings in those things. Like when I say Batman and Robin's a terrible film, it is. I always go, I was terrible in it because I was, number one, but also because it then allows you to say, having said I sucked in it, can I also say that none of the other elements worked either? You know, lines like freeze, freeze. Yeah. Yeah. It's not I, all I, his I mean, fault. No, it wasn't. The whole thing was just a, a debacle <sighs> and poorly acted. But um, yeah, but, I, I don't put it all on him, but I don't think he was very good in that. And, and he's been fantastic in a lot of other stuff. To me, he was just his Bruce Wayne was his Dust Till Dawn character. 
Yeah, he was just kind of ordering people around all but the time. He was awesome in Dust Till Dawn. He was. It just didn't work for, for yeah, Batman. Sounds good with Batman. But it also had Alicia Silverstone in it with that form fitting back. Prime Alicia Stone, mind you. With the lisp. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She, that Alicia Stone is one piece of ace. I know from experience, dude. No. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, but me and her, her and a friend of mine. Got it on. No, no, they didn't. I'd rather hear what Bane had to say about his sexual experience. You've been Chris Farley from Billy Madison. Fine. <laughs> that Alicia Silverstone is one fine piece of ass. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. actually worked. That yeah, actually yeah, worked. She is. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. If you want your wife to look like Alicia Silverstone, pajamagram cannot help you. I'm sorry, guys. You you just you ain't got it like that. But they can get her some badass pajamas and make her comfortable and make her happy and make her cozy and warm. And when she's all of those things, you know what it means for your life, Bubba. It's better. That's the happy wife, happy life. That's what that's how the old saying goes. Pajamagram knows that, so they've put together a wonderful selection of pajamas for you to order for your wife for Christmas. And great news right now because it's not all about her, it's about you too. They've got some nice sexy stuff. They've got they've got something but it can be about her. They've got the cozy, the uh the micro velvet tempting touch PJs. But here's the deal, here's something great for you. Free gift packaging. So you order it on the interwebs, and then it comes to your house already gift packaged. You can't beat it. Go to pajamagram.com. Check out all their selection today. Get that free gift packaging and get delivery by Christmas guaranteed. That's pajamagram.com. Tell them AJ from ESPN 97.5 sent you. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Uh, you talk about Texans transcripts, and I'm just reading what he's saying about Nick Martin. I don't need to see any of that. No. Like, no. I'm done with this season. All right, well, you're not done with Hoffman on Hollywood. Uh, you know what? I am actually done with Hoffman on Hollywood because I've closed all my stories like a stupid dope. I can pull them back up pretty quickly, I think. But I just need you to vamp for a moment. No, I can do that. I, I can actually... Lesbian Bane got a little carried away <laughs> talking to lesbian Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> yeah, this... this Just here's what he said about... Lesbian Bane? No, no. I was going oh, to t- do... What, what do you say to Nick Martin after a mistake like the one at the end of Sunday's game? Listen, Nick Martin... <laughs> You've been a scourge on this city for far too long. <laughs> I like that much better. <laughs> but uh, he said, you can't let that play define your day, define you as a person, define you as a player. It was one snap. Uh, it did define your day. There's no way around that. Uh, and it also defines you as a player. And so, However, you know, all of them were fielded. He was able to go out there and execute. That's his job. It's unfortunate that it happened at that juncture of the game. But that was just the biggest message I tried to talk to him. I told him to he needed to keep leading and being the good pro that he is. Good pro, huh? Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, mediocre pro? I think mediocre is more he fair. He means a, a like he's a well-paid pro. He is that. He's paid like one of the best centers in the game. So that's good news. Yeah. Mm. Top 5, right? Uh, I believe so. I although I don't know there've been a couple of new contracts it may not be as um 
what the heck is the racial draft? What are they doing? Oh, it's an old Chappelle, Chappelle show skit. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, if you haven't seen Chappelle show, don't watch it, he says. He's asking you nicely not to watch it. Okay. They drafted Tiger Woods. I'm just going to let you know. Oh. Spoiler alert. Okay. That way you don't have to watch it. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, are we ready? Thank you. Let's start with Ellen DeGeneres. Speaking of lesbians, I think Ellen DeGeneres, I don't know for sure, might be a lesbian. Uh, she's going to sound like this because her vocal cords and her breathing will be off because she's got the coronavirus. Ooh. Ellen got the Covey. Uh, I'm sure she'll feel fine after a few days rest on her mattress filled with money and everything will be okay in her Ellen DeGeneres, what you gonna do? Inject her with the Wuhan flu. Don't do that. I mean, well, someone did. Yeah, she got injected with the Wuhan flu. But, um, yeah, that's not ideal, but it's, uh, she says she's feeling okay. You know, remember like a few months ago, we were like, who's the most famous person who's gotten COVID yet? And we were like, Maybe Charlie Daniels. And now it's like pretty much everybody's had COVID. So that's just where we're at. Um, Songbird looks like it's going to be the first Hollywood feature to be made during quarantine. And it is a pandemic-themed riff on The Purge. It couldn't be prouder of itself for that accomplishment. The, The project announced its own topicality before the studio company logos have ever been played out during the opening credits as snippets of news audio bark at us about the death toll of COVID-23, a mutated coronavirus that's evolved to attack brain tissue and kill people within 48 hours of infection. You know what I don't want to watch? A movie about the pandemic? Yes. Uh, We've we've been living it. That's where this was going to go. A, it's Michael Bay produced. Well, okay. Um, I don't like it in TV shows now. Like, if you're watching a show on on NBC or whatever, like, I, I don't really watch network television, but I see all these commercials for shows where it's like the, uh, these lawyers are all in court and they've got the plastic shields up between them and they're wearing masks. It's like, dude, that's not what television's supposed to be. Like, that's not it's supposed it, to be the escape. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, like the the Law and Order and Chicago PD episodes that they released a couple. They all had that stuff, and it just it, it was a real turnoff, man. It's like, no, I, I go to TV for fantasy and escape i i need dragons and little people and you know stuff like that without masks yeah except for some of the little people which i think is kind of sexy um kim kardashian in a couple stories she just celebrated her 40 40th birthday um and she said this is 40 she ca- uh, she captioned her picture on october 26th uh he says i don't remember this being part of judd apatow who famously wrote the 40 year old virgin I don't remember this part of the movie, he wrote, uh, cleverly referencing his 2012 film. Um, then Kim Kardashian also did some of her own tweeting over or, over this week. She was tweeting the president. And apparently now, if you want someone, you know, if you, if you want the justice system to work, you do it through Twitter. She was tweeting and asking for the release, stop the execution of Brandon Bernard. She said she would be tweeting about the inmate for the next 24 hours in support of Save Brandon Bernard, a 40-year-old father going to be executed tomorrow by our federal government. Having gotten to know Brandon, I'm heartbroken about this execution. I'm calling on real Donald Trump to grant Brandon a commutation and allow him to live out his sentence in prison. I don't know uh, I don't know a lot about 
the the crime of Brandon Bernard. Uh, he was he's scheduled to be executed here in Texas for his 2000 conviction in the 1999 kidnapping and killing of youth ministers Todd and Stacy Bagley on a military reservation in Texas. Uh, his co-defendant Christopher Vialva was executed in September. Vialva was 19 at the time of the murders. Uh, he shot the couple in the head, after which Bernard set the car on fire with them still in the trunk. Both were sentenced to the death penalty. But he was 18 at the time and was not the shooter, so they're trying to say, like, they sh- he shouldn't get the death penalty. I'll be honest, I'm not really a death penalty guy, but I'm also not, like, going out of my way. Like, if, if it were, like, maybe he wasn't involved, I'd say, I, that's when I'm really against the death penalty. Like, if we don't know for sure for the fact, but, like, if he admitted that, oh yeah, I, I lit them on fire after they were shot in the head, uh, I'm not, I'm not yeah, crazy still, about like that's still up not a big battle. That's still not murder, though. I mean, sure it th- is. they're already dead. You're still involved in a murder. Yeah, you are involved in a murder. I that that's the thing I have a problem with a little bit is that you know you didn't kill him. I mean, you were there, and but the law says the law can treat you the same way. If you are, if if you and I kidnapped Aaron and. We both decided he, he's going to die, and I pulled the trigger, and you light him on fire. Should you be any less culpable? Even no, my if, lawyer's going to say that no. I, I tried to talk you out of it, and that uh, I, you were too you were too big for me to stop you. Maybe so. And so you're the real murderer. And yes, I did help you dispose of the body because I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, so you were worried. Do I deserve the same punishment as you? Know better lawyer. <laughs> That's Hoffman <laughs> on Holly. <laughs> Not going to bring yeah. up your girl. What girl? Taylor Swift. No, I didn't. Uh... She announced today on Instagram that at midnight tonight, the ninth studio album, the follow-up to Folklore, will be a release. Yeah, that will be released tonight, and she's redoing all her old albums. I'm very excited about Tay-Tay's new music. Folklore is good. It's a little bit sad. It's I like her happy music, but it's very good. It's very well written. It's just I, I like to be happy when I hear her music. That's all. That's just personal preference. You can like whatever Taylor songs you like, though. I don't really like any sad music. At my age, I just I don't need to be made sad. Yeah. I like to listen to stuff that's going to get me pumped up and excited and happy. But then, like sometimes I'll hear like a like um, what was the song that Chris Cornell did with his daughter? Like when they did that cover, what, what was that song? Oh, um, I, I don't I know. Remember. But that song makes me incredibly sad. Yeah, I, I keep. It's really good though. It. I mean, it's anything from Chris Cornell. But it, it, well, it, to be fair, anything I listen to of his these days makes me. sad. I will always love you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, no, I'll, nothing compares, right? Nothing compares. Nothing Is, compares. Which one was it? I don't know. It's one of those two. I don't know. But his. Uh, but like, I hear any Chris Cornell song now, and it makes me sad. Yeah, I just wish the guy were still alive. All right, this is what here. I'm talking about. I'm going to shake them all. All right, let's get the hell out of here. No Hoffman tomorrow. We will have happy hour. We'll do our best to make it fun without you. Um, Josh Ennis will be filling in. Thanks to everyone who subscribed on Twitch.tv today. We really appreciate you guys. Yeah. So till tomorrow, stay running free, bitches. Ivy Trophy winner and College Football Hall of Fame, Mike Rozier, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.